Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, called The Gift of Life. Remember a story about one man who was given a Bible by his, uh, I think it was his grandson. And he had written all these famous books and he was sitting on the Mediterranean with the, all these servants, nine servants, and he was miserable and he knew he was going to die without God. And his uh, grandson gave him a Bible and said, read this. And he came to a verse that says, what should a profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And he says, that sounds good, but it's a bunch of bunk. That's all he could say about it. And he couldn't turn his life over to God. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, it's from the world. And the world is passing away and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God abides forever. 1 Timothy 5.6 says, But she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead even while she lives. 1 Timothy 5.6 and so the world is described as the walking dead. You know how on death row sometimes they'll have uh, the idea of a dead man walking and that's someone who's slated to die on death row and once they're making that walk, they call them the dead man walking. Well, that's, that's our world. Until Christ makes us alive, we are dead people walking. You say, but people seem so vibrant. They have good personalities, athletic bodies. How could they be dead? Because they're dead spiritually. They're separated from God. And if they stay in that state, they're going to die in their sins. Jesus said, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. You don't want to die in your sins. See, all who are in Adam die, but all who are in Christ shall be made alive. Okay, that's the end of our Bible study. Have a good night. No, I'm just kidding. Now, if we stop there, we'd be bummed out, right? Jeez, wow, Paul, come on. Remember how I told you the first three verses of Ephesians 2 mirror the first three chapters of Romans 1, 2, and 3? Well, here comes the good news. And Paul transitions to it with two words. He says, but God. God intervened. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive. How did he do it? Together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. God intervened in my deadness. And had he not, I would have just continued on and I would have died in my sin apart from Jesus Christ and I would be lost eternally. And God did something. You know what he did? He came into this world in the person of Jesus Christ and paid my ransom. That's what this means. God being rich in what? In mercy. See, God is a God who is rich in mercy. Remember that Ephesians is all about the bank of the Christian? How did we get so rich? Because our Father is very wealthy. What is he rich in? Mercy. Mercy. He has storehouses of it. 
God is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. What motivated Jesus Christ to come to this world? Because God so loved the world that he gave. We were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from our aimless conduct. We were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And what motivated the God of heaven, because sometimes people have this view of God that he's this God in an ivory tower somewhere, and he spun the world, and that's it. He is not a detached deity. Okay? Anybody who has a deist idea of God does not know the Bible. God is very active and he proved his love for his creation in sending Jesus Christ. He has great mercy. He is rich in mercy. Look at verse 4. And he has great love with which he loved us. God loves you and me. That's why he sent Jesus Christ. And so when we share the message of the gospel, we got to see both sides of the gospel. Side A of the Gospels, we're all in desperate trouble. Our sins have separated us from God. And if we die meandering that course of the world, we're going to end up obviously separated from God. But the good news of God, the Gospel, is that God is rich in mercy. And so people who say, no, 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 you know, God only has certain people and this and it's... No, look, God is rich in mercy. Yes, the way is narrow because of man, But God has provided the way of escape through Jesus Christ. He is the way to be made alive. He's the way to be raised up to new spiritual life. He intervenes, and when he does, even when we are dead, verse 5, in our transgressions, what did God do? He made us alive. How did he do it? Together with Christ. You know how we've heard many times that We are so closely associated with Christ that when Christ died, it's as if we died. That's our identification with him. And when Christ rose from the dead, it's as if we were raised with him. This is what the biblical picture is. So that when you become a Christian, you share in the finished work of Christ and his resurrection power now lives in you. And you've been raised to new life, spiritually speaking. You've experienced a resurrection already. Your spiritual resurrection anticipates your physical resurrection. Right now we groan, Romans 8, because we are waiting to be further clothed, 2 Corinthians 5. But what we are spiritually is what we will be one day totally in terms of the redemption of our body. We will experience a resurrection that uh, is in some way uh, shown in our spiritual life as it stands We are saved, look at the end of verse 5, by what? By grace you have been saved. Now grace has been defined as God's riches at Christ's expense. If you want a little acronym, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is unmerited favor. It is a gift. Okay, You don't earn grace, you just simply receive it. So I was going home from church a couple Sundays ago and there was a guy out here. He holds the sign on the corner for the housing tracks. His name is Jacob. And so Jacob was sitting there and I, I approached him and I said, hey, do you know where your name comes from? And he, oh, I think so. It's a biblical name. Yeah, let me tell you the story of Jacob. He was a conniver, man. Conniver, that's what his name means. He'll catch you, right? But Jacob one night wrestled with God and I started to tell him the story. 
And one night God grabbed him and Jacob never walked the same again. And he saw a ladder and that ladder in the New Testament points to Jesus. And he's the way to heaven. And that's what your name means. Your name was Jacob, but then it got changed to Israel, which means governed by God. And I started preaching to him, do you know God? Anyway, I I went into the idea of a gift and I took my cell phone as an illustration. I said, Jacob, if, if I were to tell you, I want to give you my cell phone. And I set my cell phone on the trunk of your car. And you said, okay, Pastor Michael. And you went out spinning your sign some more and you left and my phone was still sitting there and you turned on Lincoln Avenue and my phone fell off. Even though I offered you that gift, it's not yours. Because a gift is free, but it must be what? Received. And that's why the Bible says in verse 8, For it is by grace that you have been saved. How? Through faith. Grace is what saves you, but the vehicle by which you receive it or appropriate it is through what? Faith. See, God gives a gift to all mankind. It's on display, but we must receive it. It's by grace that you have been saved, and when you receive the gift, your life changes. Charles Fuller soon to be the great evangelist, wrote this note to his wife on the night of his conversion, July 16, 1916. He said, there has been a complete change in my life. Sunday I went up to Los Angeles and heard Paul Rader preach. I never heard such a sermon in all my life. He preached on Ephesians 1.18. Now my whole life and aims and ambitions are changed. I feel now that I want to serve God if he can use me instead of making the goal of my life to make money, close quote. See, everything changes when you know Christ, verse 6, and Christ raises us up with him and seats us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Right now, spiritually speaking, you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Paul's been talking to us about realms He talked to us about the realm of the world and now he's talking to us about the realm of God. And when you become a Christian, you get transferred transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He has passed from death to life. You change realms when you come to know Christ. You're in a category of death, separation, and you, become, you come into a category of now what? Participation. Now you are a child of God. You go from being out of Christ to being in Christ. You go from being dead to being resurrected. You go from lifeless to full of life in Jesus Christ. And I hope you can get excited about that reality. Because that's who you are in Jesus Christ. You are now positionally righteous seated with him in heavenly places and awaiting a time when he's going to show you exactly what all that means. And that's verse 7. In order that in the ages to come, he might show, God wants to show it, the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness, he's rich in mercy, toward us in Christ Jesus. God has a plan And part of his plan is that in the ages to come, and I believe that's the millennial reign of Christ, plus you can think of heaven as well, he is going to show us the surpassing riches, if you can track with me on this one, of the storehouses of his grace. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. You are now positionally righteous, seated with Him in heavenly places, and awaiting a time when He's going to show you exactly what all that means, and that's verse 7. In order that in the ages to come, He might show... God wants to show it. The surpassing riches of his grace in kindness, he's rich in mercy, toward us in Christ Jesus. God has a plan, and part of his plan is that in the ages to come, and I believe that's the millennial reign of Christ, plus you can think of heaven as well, he is going to show us the surpassing riches, if you can track with me on this one, of the storehouses of his grace. I think there's going to be tours, personally. And I can't help but think of a story that Chuck Smith told to uh, try to put legs to this. He said, it's kind of like you're going to be in heaven and you're going to walk, you're going to be in heaven and you're just going to go, wow, wow, wow. And just about the time that you're starting to get over the ambiance of heaven, God's going to turn to page two in his forever book. And you're going to go, wow, wow. And forever and ever, God will be showing to us the surpassing riches of his grace toward us in Christ Jesus. See, eye is not seen nor ear heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for those who love him, but God has shown it to us by his spirit. He has at least giving, given us glimpses of future glory. And in the ages to come, he'll be showing. I think he'll be personally conducting tours of the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us, yeah, toward us, in Christ Jesus. It's going to include some pretty cool parties, I, I take it. I think they'll be more like Italian parties, personally. <laughs> I heard a guy one time joke and say, if you have in mind a Baptist wedding, get that out of your mind. That's not what heaven's going to be like. It'll be more like an Italian wedding. 
Or maybe a Jewish wedding. It'll be that big table where we'll sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. It's okay to think that way, folks. See, there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb, and it's going to be a party. Isaiah 25 says it's going to be a party filled with aged wine and choice pieces of meat. Can you believe that? 31 flavors of ice cream. No, I'm just kidding. I added that. I think it's more like 300 and something. Anyway. And forever. It says in Daniel 7:18, the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. I'd like to leave you with Revelation 21. Would you turn there? Revelation 21. John, after all the brutal descriptions in the book of Revelation, and then describing the second death, the lake of fire, turns to the inheritance of the bride in Revelation 21, and he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation 21.1 For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Only the best, meticulous detail here. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And many who read verses 1 through 4 say that sounds too good to be true. And God says in verse 5, And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, right, for these words are faithful and they're true. Amen? Father, thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you that we've been made alive in him. We have the riches of Jesus credited to our account, grace upon grace. All the perfection of Christ credited to us, all of our sin placed upon him. And in the ages to come, you'll be showing us deeper and deeper depths of that love and that mercy and that grace that you have made known to us. You've given us a down payment of the promise. It's the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. He's a guarantee of what's ahead, guaranteeing our future redemption. And you've also made promise upon promise of this place called heaven and this millennial kingdom where all things will be new. And you said, write it. You can take this to the bank. And if you said it, we know it's impossible for you to lie. And we believe it. All your promises in Jesus are yes and amen. All the prophecies of the first coming of Jesus came to pass. I think a recent scholar counted 400 plus prophecies. And you've told us about the future. 
Now we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith allows us to go on one more day as we treasure the surpassing greatness of the mercy that we've received. And as we look with an eye toward heaven, an eye when we will be there face to face with you, Father. We live in a crazy world. We can have weeks where it seems everything's calm and then the wheels come off and we're reminded of how temporal this place is and how desperately we need your intervention. Thank you that you are so rich in mercy. Thank you that even though we're in such a desperate state of deadness, yet you intervened to make us alive. You saved us and called us. You've given us a life to live that's of value now. Things to invest in that will last. And then a kingdom that will never fade away. And in the ages to come, you'll be showing us those riches. I think that's why Paul said, what can we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, will he not freely with him give us all things? That's what you've done, Lord, and it's amazing. And we are in awe of the glory that we possess in Jesus. So let us not lose heart as we press on toward the goal of the upward call. In Christ Jesus, amen. You've been listening to The Gift of Life, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 7. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pastor Michael would like you to mark your calendar for August 22nd for our next 633 event. Now, more details to come, and we're super excited to let you know who our next guest speaker is going to be. But for now, just remember August 22nd. Our 633 apologetic events are free for you to attend, both in person and through our live stream. And we open the floor so you can ask questions too. So if you have not seen one of our 633 events, you can always watch previous ones on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, the bottom line is that we are saved by grace through faith. And salvation is a gift and it's already been paid in full. And God is good. And he decided to express that goodness to us through the gift of his son and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian, you have the gift of salvation and you have the gift of the Spirit. And we are just awaiting the the consummation, uh, which means that we're going to have a new body, uh, the completion of our redemption, if you will. We are redeemed, but there's more to come. We're going to get a fully redeemed, glorified body. I just did a memorial service for a dear family that is part of our fellowship. And that's one thing that we ended on is God is a a glorious God. It's um, the Hebrew word kavod, the Greek word doxa. He reveals himself in his son. He reveals his heart for his people. And one of the things that he promises us is that death does not have the final word. We're going to get a glorified body, the, the root idea, once again, doxa, weighty. God has put a weightiness. He has valued us. Uh, to such an extent that he sent his son. In the ancient world, uh, 
they equated value with weight. And God has put so much weight, so much value on his people that he sent his only son to secure our place, not just in the kingdom, but a a new glorified body wiping away every tear from our eyes, a glorious salvation. What hope, what great hope we have. And that's the blessing of this gift of life. Well, we're going to pick this up in uh, next week's broadcast as we dive into Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 and talk about how we are God's work of art, saved by grace, but saved unto good works. And so we're excited to present that to you on Monday. We'll also be with several of our listeners on Sunday morning uh, in Southern California. We're looking forward to that. But have a great weekend. Make sure you get to church. Hey, check out Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. I'd love to meet you. Sunday morning services here in Corona, California, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. I would love to meet you if you're anywhere in this uh and within driving distance, come on out and worship with us. Walkintruth.com is where you can find out more. Walkintruth.com. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844 844- 48 truth and join us on monday for pastor michael lance's teaching in ephesians 2 8 through 10 called his work of art i'm mike massaro hey have a great weekend and thanks for listening to walk in truth our goal is to equip you to reach out with god's truth to all people